Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Okay, we're with Alexander Wolf. Alexander, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Paul. How, um, how are you, mate? All right. Yeah, I'm good. Shall I call you Alex or Alexander? Uh, you can call me uh, your royal... No, you can just call me Alex. <laughs> okay, yeah. great, great. So how have you been? I mean, obviously, uh, mad times, uh, but you've, you're, no. in, you're, you're in your studio, aren't you, at the moment? Uh, yeah, I'm in my home studio, mm-hmm. and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sat in front of my all my guitars and my stuff, and I'm just pretty much lock, lock, locked down in the studio at the moment, and I have been for the last couple of weeks. I suppose... To be honest, yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I've, I've pretty much been in lockdown since about 98 anyway, so I think we're all right. Um, I've been locked away in studios forever, so it's, it's, not yeah. as much of a, it's not as much of a difference for me as it is for some, that's for sure. No, it's just everyone else adapting to how you live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's getting on board. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So where are you based? Are you, are you London or are you... Yeah, I'm London, yeah. Actually, weirdly, um, before I was in the middle of moving house between uh, uh, lockdown, between, um, so I moved out of the house, uh, and it, just before I moved into the new house, lockdown happened. So I'm staying with my in-laws, would you believe it? Oh, wow. Um, okay. Down in, near Portsmouth, but I'm from London, yeah, I'm London, South East London. Right, okay. So, um, just to give the listeners a bit of an understanding of your of your musical career, uh, and I, I mean, from what I've gathered, I've <clears throat> heard some of the music, it's fantastic, we're going to play some of this and talk about it. Um, artist, uh, composer, uh, score maker, you do a lot of stuff, <clears throat> don't you? I, yeah, well, you go, don't you? Uh, mm. I, um, yeah, I do a lot of stuff. I do bits and pieces of, I work in theatre, I've made like maybe four records, uh, four solo albums. I'm currently working on a fifth. I've done like television scores. I've written a couple of uh, theatre pieces, music, music for theatre pieces, not musicals as such, but, right. um, but, um, yeah, some yeah, a bit yeah, like music for theatre as opposed to musicals. But yeah, theatre music and uh, yeah, I try and keep my fingers in as many pies as possible. Which is the right thing to do in this business, I suppose, isn't it? Uh, you know, I think so. Like, yeah, the, yeah I mean, the, the days of uh, the days of flying around on private jets and uh, are kind of over. So, like, if you're a musician, you've got to like you've got to work it. You know, you've got to do like work from different angles. And if you want to make a life out of it, and I'm lucky enough to <clears throat> have this as my only job, like. Yes, it's important to keep busy and keep um, doing, it. and also for like mental health reasons and for mm. like lots of other reasons. It's good to keep just like moving forward. I always find, you know, mm, absolutely. Um, I mean, I would start there actually because um, uh, uh, the mental health side of things. You, you mentioned you, you've done a uh, a new album, um, which is still in kind of the process. It's not out. We can't hear any of it yet. I don't think can we? But it's a narrative concept album about a teenage boy with depression. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah. although we don't want to go on a, a hugely low note, I think it's important to talk about these things, especially during what we're all going through, because whether we have a little bit of anxiety or, or we're just worried, I think if, if, if anyone isn't worried at the moment, it's a little bit odd. Um, but hopefully we can yeah. bring a little bit of positivity to to that and have some fun in the conversations on Headliner Radio. But equally, let's address some of these issues. So um, <clears throat> a look at mental health and masculinity, I think you said to me, and why so many yeah, young basically. lads are, are taking their own lives, which is a, a shocking stat. Well, I was I was pretty struck by um, reading the stat that um, the most common cause of death in boys under or men under fifty is suicide. And mm. another really interesting stat, but after that, which gets missed a lot, is that eighty percent of those who who die don't um, aren't like in inverted commas depressed. They've never seek they've never seek treatment. They've mm. never. So, which I mean, they obviously are depressed, 
they obviously do have mental health problems or you wouldn't kill yourself. So what that tells us is, is that men aren't talking, men aren't, men aren't finding the help when they need it. Um, so I was pretty struck by that and um, I've started writing, I've, I'm in the process of writing a theatre piece about it as well with a company called Les Enfants Terribles. But um, I'm making a concept album at the moment. Um, pretty much all I've been doing in lockdown really is making this record. It's about a boy <coughs> who grows up in South East London. I mean, it's, you know, slightly um, autobiographical, I suppose, but, you know, yeah. only slightly. I mean, everything is really. But, um, uh, yeah, it's a boy who's growing up in South East London and he's struggling with um, the pressures of being a young lad uh the sort of pressures of masculinity the sort of societal pressures of you know like the the kind of man up culture and like keep it inside culture and, he, yeah. and he's, he's struggling with that stuff because obviously that works for some people and but it's not for everyone and um he is a uh yeah and he goes it's just it's I used to love the Streets record, A Grand Don't Come for Free. Mm, me too. Which is one of my one of my favourite records and it's it's um not in it's not a style of music that I love, but that particular record, be, starting the narrative on track one and finishing it on track twelve, like it's just a beautiful arc of the story. I've always wanted to make a uh, a concept record like that where um it's very different for me because I'm so used to writing about myself and writing about like things in in a three to five minute window. And now I'm writing this narrative that's an hour long, you know, maybe more. And uh, everything's in the third person. It's all like um, he said this and she said that, and it's like a kind of it's like a it's like an audio it's an audio play, I suppose. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's different. It's a different way of working for sure. And um, hopefully, it's addressing something that needs addressing. It's about vulnerability, really. Like that's I think the main thing that lads are so scared of is opening it up and being vulnerable. Um, even saying that out, being a South East London lad, even saying that out loud to you on the radio makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And no, I get you, it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it, and it, you know, and I'm somebody who's, I've, and you know, I've had my own issues with mental health, but um, there's this like, in, within like lad culture and, and male masculinity, there is a problem with letting yourself be vulnerable and hopefully, I'm doing that on this record and I hope um, it gives uh, people a, a door, an open door to do the same. I think that's lovely. I think it's brave as well. Um, and I think you're right with that sort of deep rooted, come on, you know, stiff up a lip. We're, we're, we're men, we're tougher. It, it's nonsense yeah, really, yeah. isn't it? Um, and well, it hasn't really got us anywhere, has it? <laughs> no, it um, hasn't. It really hasn't. Know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I only laugh nervously though, cause you bang on, you know, I mean the stats sadly, you know, completely underline that it's terrible. Um, <clears throat> but what a nice thing to do. And, 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 you know, to open up a bit like that, do you find that the writing becomes more honest or, or not to say that your writing isn't honest, but do you find, you're opening up in different ways when you're thinking like that. Yeah, it's a different kind of honesty because it's not real. It's not. It's not entirely about me. Although there is a, a song about a uh, uh, an incident that is is, is true uh, on there, which is quite. Um, it's going to. It's going to. You know, maybe split the camp a bit. But it's. Uh, and that is like autobiographical. There's bits of my life that I've dropped in, but it's. You know. There's, a, there's stuff about his parents in there, his relationship with his mother and his father and, and this girl. There's basically four characters. And um, uh, those aren't, those are invented for narrative reasons. But the rest of it, you know, it's a kind of mix of truth and fiction. 
Right, okay. So uh, let's talk also then about, um, so you're sort of in the process of that at the moment. You, I think you said to me that uh, when we were chatting before this that you've got some sort of demos, but they're not ready for the ears yet. But you're working on it and you're happy how it's going and that's an interesting project to get your head around. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. It's kind right. of poured out of me, really. Um, I, I started it maybe two weeks before lockdown mm. and I'm pretty much done. Brilliant. Wow, so that is fast, isn't it? Fallen, yeah. and, it's more, and there's more lyrics on this record than... Uh, that I've ever written because it's all it's all been about the words so it's just like some of them are just constant strange conversations and stuff oh, I'd love so, to love to hear a bit of that uh, when, when it's ready yeah, uh, maybe we'll yeah, get I you back on again a in, a few, in a few months or something because I'm hoping we can strive on with Headliner Radio yeah. past the lockdown <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. so let's talk about Little Death as well the, the, which is uh, I believe that's the that was the 2019 record that was your last album isn't it the current album that is my last record yeah, yeah. that's my most recent record tell us a bit about this because uh, there's a there's a track um, I'm going to play Chin Up which I think is quite apt after that <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. you know we'll play a bit of that and a couple of tracks off this um, um, tell us a little bit about this and how this was put together. Obviously, differently, you know, this is you put this together as a as a record before any of you know, before a concept album. And this is kind of you, Alex Wolf, as you are kind of thing, I guess. Uh, the, yeah, I suppose I started putting piecing that record together. I had a, um, a studio in Hackney, and um, I was doing a lot of songwriting for other people and just doing uh, bits and pieces um, in there. And I. And this album started coming into focus. It was it's, it's it's a collection of songs that are a bit more maybe a bit more immediate than than the record previous. Yeah. And um, but the one you're going to play, Chin Up, is was a uh, was it actually I, I forgot I forgot is is um does actually does actually sort of is relevant to what we were just talking about. Okay. It's about my probably a bit about my own depression. Um, there's two songs on there. It's about my own depression. There's that and there's I can't get to sleep. But um, I don't think anyone's ever played there. Uh, chin up um, this wasn't a single or anything so yeah. it's interesting you chose that one yeah okay well let me have a little play of that and then we will go to a single as well and, and show the sort of diversity within the record because I think it is diverse um, but let me play a bit of this and we'll come back to you you can tell us a bit about it cool I'm haunted by a ghost that never comes That is stunning, I think. Thanks, mate. Yeah, um, it's nice to hear that. I haven't heard that for a, a year or so. <laughs> it's lovely, isn't it? I mean, you're right. It is. I, I, I kind of thought that because we need, you know, in it together. I thought maybe it was an opportunity for you to, 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 to sort of have a little smile, a little, a little smile about how we can, you know, get through this together as well. But also to, to, to ask about your creative process and start with a slightly curveball track than you were maybe expecting me to. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, I literally have. 
that's one of them ones. Like sometimes you've got the songs that are the staples of your like live set. That one is uh, I, haven't, I probably haven't played that live ever, and I, I don't think I've uh, played it or heard it since I since about a year ago when the record came out. So it's a nice little. Uh, I think it's actually. I think it's actually a really. It would be a great single, actually. I think it's a really commercial. I hope that. Hope I mean that in a nice way. I don't mean some people hear the word commercial and they say, "What do you mean?" But no, it sounds sounds terrific. I'm all all for it. Yeah. um, Thanks, mate. No, terrific, terrific. So again, from the um, from this record, and like you say, it's a diverse sounding, great vocal, by the way, um, and really nice production. Do you do you put a lot of this together yourself and then get it mastered elsewhere or mixed (coughs) elsewhere, or do you get right in and do the whole lot? I mean, I, I uh, what do I do? I, um, I I play all the instruments. I sing the theme tune. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, I do all the instruments and that. Um, that record, I'm doing more mixing now. That record was uh, mixed by a guy called Ben Ralston and mastered at Abbey Road by Frank um, Arkwright. And um, absolute legend. Is, yep. Yeah, total legend. So yeah, um, I get a lot of stuff mastered by Frank, and um, so yeah, I don't do the the mixing and the mastering. I just always think that, uh, I mean, recording. I like a load of personality in the record. All my favorite records are made by people who record their own stuff. Stevie Wonder, like playing all the instruments, doing his stuff. Mm. Um, you know, like the kind of I like it when it's got loads of personality. I don't really like session musicians slick, but when it comes to like mixing and mastering, generally speaking, there's people better than you are. Not you personally. I mean, <laughs> the royal you. <laughs> but I, I tell you as well, though, that you're right. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's nice to to take that step when you get that close to it. Which this obviously it sounds yeah. like your songs are pretty personal to say the least, and they sound great. Yeah, you, you, get, you, yeah, you yeah, get, you get too stuck close. in a. Um, you see, you, you to get stuck in a uh, just the way that you get locked into like the way it sounded because you knock these songs about for for months and then. And then you get locked into the demo version of it and you want to get just exactly the shaker sound from the demo. And it's the best thing to do to give it to someone else and let them do it. Yeah, and, and it's a different headspace, isn't it, when you're doing it? It's a different art, yeah, isn't yeah. it, mixing? You know, of course it is. But um, yeah, uh, sure. So let's have a listen then to a live, if that's okay. Um, and then we'll yeah, have go, a chat. Oh, another, about, uh, is that another, another one? Curveball. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I just, maybe, no, I'm an, yeah. maybe I've got alternative <laughs> taste, but let, let's have a listen to this. Till she came down 
I think I'm a fan of the atmosphere you seem to create. Yeah, uh, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, that was a uh, yeah. That's another. That's another one. Like another curveball. Mm. <laughs> um, it's got that kind of like um, that kind of humming vocal loop thing behind it, which I I, like, I dig as well. I like that. Yeah, um, I forgot it was on there until you just played it. And that's um, <laughs> yeah. I'm helping you rediscover your art here. <laughs> yeah, um, you are. That, I mean, you've, you've literally picked like pretty much all the re- all the. <laughs> I mean, because it was like led up to for quite a long time. Maybe six singles came out after the record. Yeah. So like the uh, there's probably those are probably the only two tracks you've chosen <laughs> that are um, that are um, like hidden away in the second half of the record. Like well, just just make sure I'm not your A and R then, mate. No, um, maybe it would. <laughs> you know what? If you would have been at A and R, maybe this come. You know, I might be talking to you from. Uh, from the Hollywood Hills, mate. <laughs> um, okay, well, look, and again, what I like as well, I've got listen here, obviously, in headphones in this little studio that we've put together, um, pop up. Normally, I'm above a 600 year old pub, by the way, um, which is, oh, really? is as appealing as it sounds. I've got a lovely tuned room up there, but we've got a little pop up situation here for the broadcast purpose. But um, I, I've got these nice headphones on, and I even like the way at the start of that. Um, you, you can hear you've sort of almost like left the uh, left the gate open or left the uh, amp open, so you've got like a, that lovely kind of deliberate hiss there. And then when the guitar comes yeah. in, it reminds me of some of the stuff that an artist like not that this sounds like Lenny Kravitz, but an artist like Lenny Kravitz did in his early work. I think the track Sister it reminded me of when he just left that guitar amp hissing a bit, and then the first chord comes in, it just takes you away <laughs> like that hard pan to the left. Sounded excellent. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm quite a fan of leaving things open. And yeah, cool, why not? And, like, le- yeah, leaving the textures in and leaving. Um, yeah, I mean, there's such a lot of um, music that's made in, in like what feels like it's made in like a laboratory. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, um, I do. Yeah, I like I like things to sound human. You know. So should we do? Should we play something? Should we play "Break in the Fall"? Would that be more? Are you happy with that one? Or have I picked yet you another like? one? <laughs> no, "Break in the Fall" is "Break in the Fall" is very much a single. That's what record. I thought. Yeah. Okay, let's try yeah, this you one. Go ahead. You can okay. play whatever you want. Mate, <laughs> yeah, mind. just going to play your record. This is great self-indulgence. Yeah. Isn't the whole thing. Just, got, like a, just can be like a, uh, <laughs> yeah, just like a, like a new track listing for the record. Yeah, let's play a bit of this one, and then we'll move on to another right. subject matter. But I just think the, the record's that nice. Thanks, mate. Very clean production, very nice. Thanks, man. So this one, uh, a bit more, you know, like you said, there were a handful of sing- singles out of here. That one, a bit more of a typical single sound, perhaps, potentially. Yeah, a bit more. Um, mm. I, I mean, obviously, I don't pick the singles, but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think um, people uh, want something a bit more direct, don't they? Yeah, I so, think, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, all, yeah. unless you're me, of course. <laughs> yeah, or, uh, I mean, or me. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> No, it's lovely. Really, I'm really lovely, mate. And to the extent when I go for my, you know, allocated walk, I'm actually going to put the whole record on and see if I can do an hour because oh, that'd, no. that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, so, 
let's talk about the latest single. I'm going to get that up as well, but let's talk about it beforehand. I'm just going to find that while you remind me of it. Oh, this is Tired of Me, isn't it? Yeah, I wrote a... Um, From Flack, I wrote yeah? the... Mm. Yeah, Flack. There's a mm-hmm. TV show called Flack, which has got like Anna Paquin in it and um, uh, Sophie Okonedo and loads of guest stars like uh, Alan Davies and Max Beasley, lots of fancy... Um, people, I think it's going to be on um, UK Gold at first, and then come mm-hmm. out, and it's, it's out on Pop in America. And I did the soundtrack to it and the score to it too, um, which was like uh, fun and weird. Um, <laughs> uh, so season two has just happened, and this I wrote this song for the kind of ending of um, the end, the sort of series finale. There's like this ending where everything, uh, her whole life, the I mean, not to give too much away, but the lead character's whole life sort of falls apart okay and um, yeah so um, there's, this, there's this song about how she's I mean she's a the, the lead, it's written from the lead character's perspective and she's basically a coke addicted PR woman uh, self very uh, self-destructive personality um, yeah so okay kind of and before, writing from the idea of before that. we play that um, moving again I mean it shows that your eclectic nature I suppose with approach to uh music and music production um, in that you can move from making what I would sound like, sounds like a, some beautiful songs in one record. I'm not saying this isn't going to be, but then suddenly you're writing a score and a track for the NC, you know, you're essentially doing the music for an entire series, which is obviously got some great actors in it. One amazing, well done. I mean, what, what a pat on the back that that should be for you, but how is the approach? Do you, do you try, do you approach it differently? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's totally different. I yeah. mean, the uh, TV score stuff is, you have to go through so many filters of people, everyone has to like, you get phone calls from like, um, you know, American music supervisors telling you to change like 40 seconds in, there's like one chord and they want it like a major instead of a minor. So you, <laughs> you like, they, I mean, they, like there is a, a real, and also you've got to, you've got to um, create a palette and stick to the palette and you've got to kind of reintroduce themes and you've got to kind of get without it feeling, without it feeling too contrived, you've got to kind of take the audience on a kind of, um, you've got to like manipulate their emotions throughout a journey and a story arc where, um, in a song you're just telling the truth, hopefully, you know, it's a bit different. The, um, but this song, um, was, is, isn't really in the style of the show. This is just, this is more like a solo single from me, but, um, okay. that I sort of tagged on the end because it felt like it needed a um, felt like it needed like an honest song an acoustic guitar song like, um, maybe a conclusion yeah it's definitely a mm. conclusion yeah it's definitely a conclusion but it felt like it needed something a bit more emotive there's a lot of synthetic sounds and stuff on the um, soundtrack and this just felt like it's it just acoustic guitars and cellos and a vocal okay this is one I actually haven't heard yet so I'm excited for this so I'm going to play this and then I'll be back to you again mate I've been everywhere I want to go Seen everything I want to see Baby, I am tired Maybe I'm just tired of me I'm tired of cocaine, I'm tired of pills I'm tired of trying to soothe my ills Baby, I can't lie 
lovely as well isn't it thanks man you know, no, not, yeah, nice and simple but beautiful really lovely yeah I'm a big fan of those um, those 60s folk um, sort of troubadour types 100% first thing it reminded me was a little bit of Paul Simon um, just yeah, reminded me of reminded me of Kathy's song just in the way that not the just in the playing just reminded me of a Paul Simon or a Bob Dylan yeah, yeah. approach but with a bit of a twist you know it's got a modern twist to it yeah 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 really nice mate Oh, I want to watch Flack now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good show. It's not, it actually got put back. Um, yeah, got put back because of this whole this whole situation. Yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna come out, but it's gonna come out in a bit. Oh, terrific. Okay, brilliant. Well done on that again. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about um, how you got into this industry. And it might sound a bit mad, but you know, as a you've obviously got music in your veins, no doubt about it. And talent, oodles of talent, quite obvious. But tell us how you know how that when that started for you, that journey and, you know, how, when you got your first break and realized actually I might be able to get somewhere with this. Cause I think a lot of people now, especially artists that maybe had their next show coming up or their first headline show or, or they, I don't know, forked out on their first split of the bus and were ready to tour. I was going to say Europe, but they couldn't do that now, could they? And I'm sure there's going to be people out there that feel, Oh, I've got no money. We've got no gigs. What are we going to do? You know what I'm trying to say? I think you're right. I, I think that there is a sense that um, nothing's achievable at the moment and has been for a little while, actually, especially as you know, the bottom fell out of the music industry, mm. uh, just as I was getting into it, you know? So um, you sort of, uh, the truth is, is that I've never had a moment where I'm like made it, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I just, I just, I just work, I just mm. do all the work, you know, like I, I write the songs. I like, I've, you know, I, I just, I just put the hours in, I put the work in, I feel pretty inspired a lot of the time. Um, when I was young, we were really skin, um, and I didn't get a guitar until I was like, I wanted a guitar real bad, but like, I only got one when I was like, what, 14 or something. I remember getting the guitar and then, and then getting really um, mad about Jimi Hendrix and all those Pink Floyd and all those 60s people. Mm. Um, and I, I sort of got uh, my... My first band got a little record deal, and which made which meant that I skipped university when everyone else went. The band didn't last, but then I was in. You know, like I was just uh, there was no way out because I skipped. I mean, the band only lasted six months after after everyone else went to university, and mm. I was like, "Oh fuck, what am I gonna do?" So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, you know, just keep plugging away. At it. So I, you know, loads of little bands, loads of very. Um, you know, there's a lot of disappointment in it, and you and you uh, and it's very easy to let that. It's like anything else. I've got a lot of friends because I work in theatre who are, who are, who are uh, actors, and they have the same experience. You know, like absolutely, yeah. So much rejection and so much disappointment, and you've got your eye on this and you've got your eye on that, and it doesn't quite pan out the way you like it. My advice is always make a record. You know, I made a I made an album. My first record was maybe 2010. 10, yeah. And um, 
it was a terrible business idea making a record when no one knew who I was. Um, I should have made like got a single out and then a couple of EPs mm. and then toured forever and then finally got a record deal with Universal and done the, that route. And if I'd done that route, I'm not sure I'd be doing it now. Um, because I know so many people who just got the record deal and then fell away and they didn't, and and then now they're like, you know, not doing it anymore. But I think part of the reason I'm doing it is because I've always done it on my own terms. Yeah. I, I sort of, um, I just made a record without a label. Just went, I've, I've got these songs. I'm going to make the record. I'm going to teach myself how to do it. Um, I bought a little home studio. I just, uh, which obviously is a luxurious thing to be able to do, but, um, it wasn't um, it wasn't an extravagant thing. It, I just got it. I just got enough stuff around me where I could complete a record and just went forward from there. And to be honest, it's a lot of it self motivation because that's the problem with being being a musician or being some or anything that is without a um, without any figure of authority above you telling you to finish this or do that. Is that you've got to yeah. be that to yourself? Mm. You know, um, and um, not a lot of artistic people, me included, are are blessed with a working, practical side of the brain. So for me, it's been it, the whole thing has been about me like training myself to be a bit more like a bit of a finished finished stuff. Because I used to just be like walking about, smoking loads of weed, yeah. not really not really getting anything finished. But you know, and it and um for me, it's been a journey of trying to get shit finished. And um and get shit done and like and ever since I'm finished I'm on to the next thing I'm trying to always trying to do that because it's got to come from a bit of self motivation but there is definitely there is a there is stuff out there and it is worth persevering um, the music industry is very different to how it was and um, but I sort of love it and I love I love doing all the, the weird little gigs and I love doing the TV shows and I love mm. like. I love doing all the extra little pockets of stuff that you're sort of forced to do in this like um, musical like climate and and um, especially now with like this Corona nightmare going on. Uh, like, well, indeed, indeed, mate. And you know, it's nice to have that attitude. And and you are giving us a real positive energy, I think, here because you're st- you're clearly staying very creative. And we're although we take everything seriously here because the situation is the most serious certainly in our lifetimes and maybe ever. In this, you know, aside from war situations, this is the most insane it's ever been. We've never had lockdown. I think it was the plague. I was I, I seem to remember. Honestly, mate, I don't remember the plague, absolutely. of course. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Absolutely mental. It's completely nuts. I like, I can't, every day I'm like, I, every day I'm, I'm just a little, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward for it to be like, not, not really looking forward to it, but I'm, I'm waiting for the day when it becomes normal. And like, I'm not blown yeah. away in the morning when I wake up and I yeah. go, oh, what, what is going on? You know, I, I'm, I'm literally in the shop. Like two months ago, if I'd been walking around the shop with a face mask and, and like, and plastic gloves in my hand, you like, I've been like sent to the asylum. Yeah. But now I'm like, you know, yeah. but now I'm like, now it's, you, you know, it's just, it's just weird. It's like looking, looking at everything through a different prism. Mm. Um, it's fascinating. Actually, I, actually, I think that there is a lot of, there's a lot of um, mental health stuff that people are going to go through. But I also think that there's, um, there is a, uh, I don't know, there's an opportunity here as well. Like, there's, I mean, let, let's not, I mean, I'm not saying there's, you know, it's obviously a massive tragedy and people are dying and let's not make any way, let, let's not pretend it's a, in any way a positive thing. Yeah. But there, 
but there is an opportunity to, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've thought to myself a few times in my life, God, I wish the world would just stop for a minute. You know what I mean? Yes. Stop spinning yeah. for a second. Yeah. Just yeah. go on pause for a bit so I can get this done and that done and that done. And I sort of feel like there's like a guilt-free, like hermitage thing that's going on where people don't have to feel guilty for staying in and just doing whatever they want. Mm. Um, and um, I know that people are probably bouncing off the walls a lot and, and, I, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad I'm not a single mother on the 24th floor of a, of a, of a, of a block of flats, you mm. know, but mm. um, I feel very lucky in that. But uh, there's, so there's obviously like circumstances where people are in a right old mess, but if you are in a position where you can take advantage of it, it's, it's quite, it's the, I mean, the time you've got to, to be creative and to do stuff, it is, it is, it is um it is there you know it's there for you it is it is and i think it's a you're right there is opportunity here and we have to well we can't change things so we should as creatives i think that's a nice message to them you know because to all of us um in that get down and maybe buckle down and do some stuff and and see if you can create some positive energy out of it um or whatever energy comes out of it you know it it doesn't have to be beautifully positive it might be the most melancholic record you've ever written but it might touch people and it might help people and ironically enough a melancholy record can put a, a smile on someone's face sometimes so you know it's yeah, the, the yeah, magic sure, and yeah. weirdness of music so um no that's really interesting uh, nicely said there. A, weird, a weird thing happened uh, a weird thing happened yesterday i i did a uh i did i mean another example of something weird coming out of lockdown mm. but i i uh i did have you seen tiger king yeah i started watching yeah. it i've watched the first two episodes so i i i watched it and I thought it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And like <laughs> sad, sad the, the whole situation is sad and funny and mm. and like nuts. But he's nuts, like so exotic. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so I did a little cover on Instagram of um, one of Joe Exotic's songs. <laughs> Just a little, like, I did a I Saw a Tiger, <laughs> um, which is uh, actually, I think, quite, quite a banger. But We should all um, watch this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you should go and watch it. But that's the weird part. Is like, I put I put this cover up um, yesterday, and uh, this morning, um, Dave Berry played it on his breakfast show. You're <laughs> Two and a half million people. My little Instagram <laughs> clip of me, uh, me just like taking the piss out of myself. Not out of myself, taking the the piss out of. I don't even want to say Joe. Exotic. <laughs> I don't know what I'll take the piss out of. I'll sit, I suppose I'm just enjoy. I was just enjoying the song. It's, now, a, it's but, a nod like, to Joe. It's a nod to Joe, mate. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Carol Baskin out. You yeah, know. God, it just shows you, doesn't <laughs> I mean, it? Um, you, yeah, you she, mentioned... I mean, you mark my word, she's gonna, she's gonna, um, she's gonna kill that second husband of hers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned going back, like the first record. Would that first record be "Morning Brings a Flood"? It would, yeah. That's my first just, one. I'd wonder if you mind if I play just something out of that, just to see. I no, just, you go ahead. Yeah, great. I'm gonna play "Empty Morning" if that's okay. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Okay, lovely. Empty morning, mind is racing, just an outline of who I was last night, you're my reason, the only real thing, just a glimpse of Something that feels so right When I'm feeling down 
my stuff again. I bet that takes you back a bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, I mean, I know that we've been talking about curveballs, but that's like the biggest one. I, I actually, I genuinely haven't had that for ten years. It was, um, it was a lovely, uh, it was a lovely um, song to record because I was teaching myself the piano mm. and teaching myself production, and um, I did like horn players and that. And uh, yeah, it was. It felt really exciting because before I was, before I was in, um, before I went solo, I was in the bands I was in were like rock and roll bands, you know. Mm. Like I was in, you know, like sort, of, you know, British rock and roll. I was making kind of um, high octane music, and um, that was just me like messing about in the studio and trying to trying to like throw something together that was like a little more like in like the Tom Waits world or mm. just the stuff I actually listened to because even though I was in rock and roll bands and I was a singer and stuff I it's not really what I was listening to I was listening to Nick Drake and Joni Mitchell and Ben mm. Cohen and I was listening to these and I just thought why am I making you know why aren't I making the music that I love why aren't I making the music that's like speaking to me so that was that first record was me kind of branching out into um you know, solo, so, you know, music that a, a person makes on their, on their own, which is really enjoyable. Yeah, and enjoyable to the ear straight away for me. That's the kind of stuff I love to listen to. So I'm going to discover this whole back catalogue, I think, mate. I'm going to become a fan. Um, mm-hmm. I already am, because it sounds great. It's really, really lovely stuff. Um, at the moment, then, you're you're finishing this project, or you're, you're deep into this project uh, with demo, you're at demo level at least, um, with yeah. the uh, with the um, the project about the, the lad with depression. Um, yeah, which, yeah, which I am, yeah. is coming, you know, you, you're feeling, obviously you do, it sounds I mean, like you're doing loads of lyrics. So I guess you're getting a lot out of your head, are you? Yeah, I am. I, mm. I mean, I, I was going to, um, when I was making it, I was sort of, it's like when you, you start a project, you're like, this is, you know, this is, uh, people have to hear this now. Like, you know, like mm. you're like, I, I need to get this out of me. This is the best thing I've ever done. You get like overwhelmed by this wave of like, anything's possible and towards the end of it you sort of start looking at it a bit more um through a different pair of glasses i suppose and mm. i uh, i'm starting to feel a bit like maybe this is it's not this record because it started from that time when the mental health thing was a really forefront of my brain and and other people's too and i think it was quite um it was like part of the zeitgeist at the time and i think that at the moment i sort of feel at the moment what i want is like entertainment and stuff that's not too much you know like I think this record might might I might have to sit I mean I don't know I don't know Mm. but like I feel like it's not it's not necessarily for right this second I think like maybe this has to come we have to get this over and done with in the record I don't know if an album is quite so because it I don't think it's depressing Mm. at all actually I think it's very uplifting and hopeful but um, I don't want to it's been misconstrued in any way, you know. No, of course, and you know everything has its time, doesn't it? So maybe it's just a I case so, of waiting yeah. for that. Like I say, we're only at demo level. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm still, I'm still a couple of tracks shy, but um, yeah, I'm looking for, um, yeah, I can't wait to get um, to get it out and get it moving. Fantastic. I mean, I mean, I mean it might even turn into. Uh, I've been talking to someone about it becoming a theatre show, so that might happen too. Well, absolutely. I mean, actually, on the theatre thing, before we haven't really talked about that, tell us a bit about um, your work in theatre. We sort of touched on it, but uh, you know, and you, you said you cross over. I think you're right in saying that um, the acting fraternity, if you like, uh, be on the stage or in films or TV, are also struggling in the same sense that we are, or, or trying to cope with the situation creatively, like 
we, I say we because I produce and write music as well, but, you know, creatives, yeah. if you like, um, uh, they're in the same kind of boat. Um, and we are going to be, we've got a couple of really interesting actors uh, lined up and theatre performers as well. Um, so maybe tell me a bit about how you cross into that world. Um, how do I cross into that world? Well, uh, the, there's a direct, there's a theatre company called Les Enfants Terribles, who um, the artistic director, Oli Langley, is... Um, was um, a fan of my work, and yeah. I was a fan of his. And uh, I'm not—I I mean, I'm not really into—I mean, I'm not really a theatre person. I, I like, you know, um, I'm from—I'm from South East London, and it's like football and music, you know. Uh, so theatre wasn't it was sort of—I grew up feeling like it was for other people, you know, like uh, for other. Yeah, theatre felt like it was for mm. people. But I went to see his show, and it sort of blew me away. It's called Terrible Infants, and. It blew me away a bit because it was so playful and it was uh, really cool as well. I hadn't really seen that before. It was, um, so he was trying to get me to do to, to work on some stuff for a while um, and then I really felt like it was for me. And then this story came up about this First World War miner called William Hackett. And I'd just broken up with my um, girlfriend at the time and I ended up sleeping on his sofa mm. for maybe a month or something. And... Um, we wrote this show and it's called The Trench and it was um like the first World War miner who gets gets locked underground in a after a bomb goes off. And um it uh it's very uh avant garde, it's very like um I don't know how to describe it. Maybe like people have um people have compared it to like Pan's Labyrinth or something. He goes mm. underground, he goes he goes he goes mad and there's lots of puppets and there's lots of stuff going on. You're never quite sure what's reality and what's not. Um, and I've actually got it yeah. up here. If you if you want to give us a because it gives you another side, it gives us and the listeners another side of what you do. Again, um, you wear lots yeah, of hats. Yeah. <laughs> is there a track? Do, um, yeah. Is there a track from this that you you prefer me to, or should I just go for one? Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe into the deep. Into the deep. So like the ending song of the show. Yeah, I see. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's let's like, yeah. have a listen to that. And again, it gives us another, like I say, one of those hats. We see a bit more of it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that one. Lovely sounding again. <clears throat> um, yeah, it was written as this ending. I mean, it's not something that would have ended up on one of my albums, mm, necessarily. Mm. But it was push. Ollie pushed me to put it on 
It's our learning process, really. It was. It's about. It's about the point where the you're not. You're not sure whether he dies or or he um, is released through the ground, basically. So there's this kind of this kind of duality there, and um, it's about. It's a song about dying or being released, mm. really. And it's about this um, guy called William Hackett, who um, was awarded the like a posthumous cross for. That I mean, he saved a little kid from he saved a seventeen-year-old boy from from certain death down there. So it was based on a true story. Actually. It was really like the wow. latest thing to, to get involved in. Yeah, it was really something. Well, it just shows, and again, it's another level. It's another style of writing, almost, isn't it? Yeah, really. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a different um, different experience for me, for sure. And I, I was actually, I was actually in the show. Like I wrote myself. I was on stage in character singing the song. Oh wow! So really? I, like, I did like yeah. I've done that show maybe two hundred and fifty times up and down the country. <laughs> I, like, I had no idea. Yeah. Wow, that's brilliant. Yeah, so I was on the side of the stage, like on stage at the side, and like sort of live scoring the whole thing. Yeah, really is a case of writing the theme tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's totally. brilliant. That's fantastic. The theme tune and all that. Uh, well, look, what a pleasure, yeah. look, Alex. This has been such a pleasure talking to you. I mean that. Um, what a great, what a great insight into a, a really interesting and unique creative, and I mean that genuinely because you've got so many different areas of of, 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 the, of the creative process that you've managed to take us through, and the different styles, and you know, really impressive, and, and a delight to talk to you, mate. Well, thanks very much, mate. It's been a pleasure, yeah. And look, we'll um, we'll look out for this next project. Um, we'll would be lovely to come and uh, and you know and, and uh, you know say hello, see a show when they when they start again. Did you uh, just to you know uh, end on some of the show stuff? You know, did you have shows planned? Were you in touring yeah. mode? Or, right. So so where would you potentially have been around now in the next month or so that you'll have to obviously was, reschedule? Yeah, I was going to be in um, St Pancras Old Church. Oh, that great venue! Yeah. A couple of weeks. Yeah, I played there a few times. I love it there. Um, there was a few, uh, there was a few up north as well, but you know they'll all be rebooked. And, of course, um, yeah. We'll all, you know, we'll get out there again. Exactly that. And in the meantime, mate, keep getting creative. I'm sure that you know it's not going to be too different. You're stuck in that studio again, which where you love to be, by the sounds of it. And um, yeah, I, do enjoy I, it, I just yeah. wish you wish you the best of luck with it, mate. And I hope to catch up in person sometime soon. Thanks very much, Paul. Stay safe, mate. Cheers, all mate. the best. Bye bye. You too. See you later. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.